1886, Carl Benz patented a three-wheel motor car, which would later become known as the motor wagon. Primarily considered a prototype, it wasn't until the early 1900s that the first modern car was invented. Years later, the American auto industry took off, and Walt saw this as an opportunity. Cars shouldn't just be for transportation, they should be fun for all ages. This week on Slice of Disney, Autopia. Mouse ears, mouse ears, check, go! The all-new Autopia at Disneyland is the ultimate road trip, and you can drive! There's three hot new cars that full-on rock! Jump in, peel out, and explore the new off-road area. Cruise the new park section and race through twists and turns. You'll even get an official Disneyland Autopia driver's license. So come on, go for it. Drive the new Autopia at Disneyland, where cars rock and kids rule. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I am your co-host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney-goer and real-life Little Red Cadillac. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, because I'm smooth and sh- so, slick and cool so looking. So smooth. Yeah, look at you that. Get it? You get it? Uh, look at that skill. People always saying that about me. Look at that smooth guy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> now look at the man with the wild hair. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so we switched back after our last episode. We did. We did. I'm in uh, control again. <laughs> I am dreadfully sad. Well, you should be. For, for one one episode, I had my dream. <laughs> it really was. Actually, that was, was so much delight. fun. Uh, Ivan was great. Um, Will also wishes he was in control because I'm going to give a couple um, disclaimers here. So when I got excited to do this attraction, opening day attraction, I'm thinking there's going to be so much cool research so much material. We're going to find out that most of it was a mudslide. Yeah, something great. Yeah. Yeah, it was where the cool kids would go on a hill and make out. Nope, nothing like that. Um, there was really not a lot of information out there. And the information that I did find was like very scientific almost. You had to do some digging on this one. Yeah, it really was. So back when Will and I first started Slice of Disney... And, you know, I was still getting my footing, like understanding how to do a podcast and how to be comfortable and whatever and how to tell a story through yeah. these attractions. Yeah. Will would pause once or twice per episode and be like, Kelly, come on. We got to keep you. Stop reading. Got to keep you on track. You know. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And you've gotten a lot better. Thank you. This one okay. may, I might regress. If you do, I'm just going to leave it all in. That's going to be the story of this one is let's see how much better Kelly got. That is on it. That is going to be the story of this one because Zoom Zoom. Today we are all about the race car. We are. Uh, I don't know a ton about this attraction. I know a little bit, and I'll bring that up as we get through it. Um, I think, despite the fact that uh, the disclaimer you just provided, uh, I think it's kind of cool that there's not a lot of research out there because we are bringing you some of it, and it'll be fun to kind of go through. It's an old school attraction that you've probably heard of before. Maybe you've been on it. Maybe you haven't. You're probably familiar with it a little bit, and we're excited to get to kind of walk you through it, drive you through it. Drive you through it. Um, So today we're doing Autopia. We haven't actually said the name. We probably did the the intro. Intro, intro. Um, And for those who don't know what Autopia is, I would be pretty surprised because there's pretty much one at um, a lot of the parks. Um, So Autopia is a race car track Disneyland attraction in which uh, people steer... Uh, specially designed cars through an enclosed track. 
So I have a question about it because I haven't been on it. What? I don't know about it. No. no. Yeah, of course not. You've never been on Octavia? Is there one in Disneyland? What do you think we're talking about? Well, now I know. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so is it, is, are you like on your own track or is it like bumper cars? We're going to get into some of the details, but if you were to go on it now, mm-hmm. it would be on a track. Okay. You're driving yourself. It's real gas. Um, but yeah. It's just like driving to it's, Disneyland, well, which I know is what's going to come up. So I'm so excited to get into it. it is, this is actually, there's some pretty interesting stuff. And yeah. just so you know, there's also um, versions of this location at the Magic Kingdom in Florida uh, and Tokyo Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, there used to be one in Hong Kong, but it closed in 2016. There's even one. or at least was one, the one that I remember seeing and knowing a little bit more about in Marceline. That's part of the fun part of this one is that we have a weird connection to it. We do. So let's get into it. All right. So um, zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom. I also like it because, you know, I watch a lot of F1 now. (laughs) Okay, cool. So I'm just like really into race cars. Sure. Um, Actually, there there was a race um, July 3rd. That was horrifying in the beginning. Like, thought the dude was going to die. Did like, he? No, he's fine. That's good. Thank God. Um, they, they added these halo things probably like four years ago mm-hmm. over the driver's head. And anytime something really bad happens, they're like, well, thank God for the halo or they could have lost their life. And you're like, yes, thank God. I'm glad they have the halo. Me too. All right. So this is uh, a little less dangerous. They're not. These cars are not going 200 miles an hour. Um Autopia is an original day attraction, July 17th, 1955. Um, This is my version of history with no influence whatsoever. All right, ADD brain, let's go. Um, (laughs) Someone might say, buckle in. But, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, as you guys know, Walt Disney represents a lot to a lot of different people. Some is hope, joy, imagination, dreams, and wishes. Um... A lot of people think of him as like a staple of childhood. But then other people think he's, you know, like a racist and a dictator and misogynist. And so there's a lot of different uh, ways you can look at him. But there's one thing that you can't argue. Will is smiling at me. Um, And that one thing you can't argue is that he was obsessed with the future. Uh, Also, second obsession transportation transportation future and little drawn mouses aka or mice yeah just one mouse <laughs> later two um aka trains but we're not talking about trains not no trains today no trains today i'm um, the biggest example of this is obviously epcot mm-hmm. which we touch on time to time um very ambitious city of tomorrow um obsessed right till he died we're gonna go back didn't further. he, like, within Epcot, like, wanted no traffic, too? Yes. This is That's, very important. That all ties in. Cool, cool, cool. I'm excited yeah. to hear. We had monorails because mm-hmm. that was efficient. And they would be moving in a direction so that they were always, like, moving in what he thought was the right direction. Yeah. And if you had a car at Epcot, you were going to have to keep it. If you kept it there, it was going to cost you a lot of money. Right. Or you could leave it at an off-site, like, parking lot. And you'd be able to go get it. But still, you had to pay for it. Um, So we know that he loves transportation trains um let's go back to the 50s so walt hated traffic and cars we've talked about that especially when he was building like disney world he hated going to disneyland so much he was like i am so done with building in a major city that was a big part of why he went to the middle of nowhere where he could control the traffic and the cars it makes sense yeah 
Um, and, you know, I hate the 405, so. I mean, who doesn't? Right. Uh, if you don't know, the 405 is a highway in Los Angeles. And, yes, we do add the to all of our highways. So it's the 10, the 405, the 101. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that that that's a common uh, thing that people dig on us for. And I never really noticed it. Like, I'm like, oh, whatever. I mean, that's this is not interesting for talk. But still, I'm but always like, yeah, whatever. It's I-24. That's back home. Now it's the 405, whatever. Isn't that so weird? Yeah, it kind of is. Um, but so what's really weird to think about is that those, uh, those interstates and those highways didn't exist at this time in 1950. Uh, yeah, no, it is weird to think about. I, I, I want to go ahead and say I think it's funny because uh, when I'm reading through these notes before yeah. we come over to record, uh, I've often, as as Kelly is hearkening to here, sometimes we get very fact-heavy things that seem a little all over the place or really we go into the history of scaffolding or things like that. Yeah, we do. And I think that it's important <laughs> to do that in this episode because there, there's not a lot there, but there is a lot there. Yeah. It's just in different spots. Um, but then... At the start of this bullet point, it says, a little history about roads for you. <laughs> and I was like, "That if that's not classic, Kelly. <laughs> like, it does. It starts I know. out. <laughs> and I just highlighted it. I went, oh, well. Uh, and it, it just, I'll, I'll just read it for Please. you. Well, actually, I, before I read that sentence, I will let you know that the 405 began construction in 1957, two years after Disneyland opened. So I don't even know what road he was taking to get there because I always like to start the 405. I don't really like to take the 10 to the... Five. Yeah, who knows? You know, this is very important. Anyway, this is the exact sentence I wrote. A little history about roads for you. So interstates and highways had been brought up and planned for since around 1916, but the law expired. It wasn't till President Dwight D. Eisenhower became president because there was a real champion for interstates. I don't even know if what I wrote made sense. You probably mean because he was a real champion yeah, he in the States. Uh, welcome to Slice of Dwight. Slice uh, of Dwight. <laughs> what is it? Beers or bears? Beaks and Battlestar Galactica. We are off the rails, um, uh, which is ironic because this is the ride that is on. About rails. rides. Um, so the real reason in 1956, Eisenhower signed the Federal Aid Highway Act to create the American freeway system. The entire reason he originally did that was because um, of fear of nuclear war. And he felt that a highway system would make it easier for entire cities to evacuate to safety if they needed to. It's likely accurate. Yup. Yikes. It's kind of scary how much comes from war. Like, I mean, yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. But also, like, we're a nation that's almost perpetually at war, so therefore everything comes from it in some way or another. Yeah, they said, like, the last 250 years. I saw that going like, around. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he decided to sign that. But before even signing that, Walt Disney knew that the interstate system could be the future. Yeah. He had he saw the big dreams of what it could be like to drive on a six-lane road. Um, now, 1952, when Walt founded WED uh, and began working on Disneyland, they had to have some kind of master plan and, you know, design for the park because they mm -hmm. had to, you know, get different people to come banks or like corporate sponsors who'd be like hey look at this cool thing because like a theme park like this had never even been thought of yeah so he comes and he's like okay we're drawing this area and particular interest was the 1953 disneyland prospectus which described the original vision of walt disney's world of tomorrow and in its contents of the document we hear about autopia do you want to read it for us, Will? This is the home of the exciting world of tomorrow. 
where the fascinating exhibits of the miracles of science and industry are displayed. The theme for the world of tomorrow is the factual and scientific exposition of the things to come. Among the exhibits that will change from time to time are the little parkway system where children drive, scale model motor cars over a modern freeway. Beautiful. Thank you. Clap, clap, so clap, just clap, think clap. about that. Not only is there going to be a cool, creepy little house up on the hill yes. that will later become iconic, there will also be roads where kids can drive. This, okay, so Walt, Walt knew that this was going to be huge. Huge. The freeway of the future at Disneyland. Great name. Oh, my God. All right, we're about to get into some Imagineers, too. Okay? We're going to add some Imagineers to our, our bucket. He, and there's a, there's some big ones in this, you know, because you're dealing with the beginning of Disneyland. And I like this one because you have some people who kind of came and came from a completely different world because there was no theme parks. Sure. So, Gotta come from somewhere. Yeah. So they're like, all right, so within a few months... Uh, Dick Irvine would hold the first Autopia meeting during October of 1954. Artists like set designer Wilson Bill Martin, who had just left 20th Century Fox to come work at Walt Disney Productions and the, on the Disneyland project, um, and would be a huge influential part of designing Autopia. And so he became the art director on this attraction. I'm going to tell you who those two bad boys are first. You ready? Lay it on me. All right. So Dick Irvine, mm -hmm. um, in 1952, Walt hired him as Richard Dick Irvine away from 20th Century Fox. Um, the re he was so special because he had worked on movie designing sets and created sculptures and settings. So he really understood how to do forced perspective and, you know, make Main Street look bigger than it is, make the windows, you know, even though they're smaller on top. That was a huge, you know, hugely influenced by him. Um, he's worked on a bunch of projects like It's a Small World, all the stuff at the World's Fair, and my favorites to bring up, Pirates of the Caribbean and The Haunted Mansion. So he's like an all-star. Yes. Um, an OG baby. Um, he later was a was executive vice president, a cheap operations officer at WED. Did you say cheap operations chief, officer? Chief, not cheap, chief. You know what, darn it. I heard one word. Speaking of which, did anyone else see that his bonus is going to be $20 million? I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's corporate America for you, baby. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about our bill. I like that both of these boys have, it's Richard Dick Irvine and Wilson Bill Martin. Um, Strong names. Bill, Bill, strong name. You like Wilson? Some people call me Wilson. But that's not your name. I know. Some people still do it, though. There you go. They used to call me Wilbert. I love Wilbert. Yeah, back in uh, back in like elementary school, middle school, some people call me Wilbert. Was that because of, is it Babe? I don't know. The pig movie? I think people are just like, Wilbert. this will be fun. I'll give him a nickname. I was like, Ooh. cool. What up? That's me now. Okay, well, just so you know, Wilson Bill Martin. Um... He, in 1953, he was working at 20th Century Fox, and he received a surprising phone call. Walt Disney was seeking help to create his theme park, and uh, they were really eager to expand his talents as an art director and set designer. And so, of course, he accepted the challenge, and he worked on the Sleeping Beauty's Castle, Snow White's Adventure, Peter Pan's Flight, uh, Bear Country, and, of course, I have to mention, Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion. Oh, and Autopia. 
Yeah. The attraction we're talking about. Right. So, so <laughs> you know, for whatever it's worth, Autopia uh, has got some heavy hitters that are on it. Yes. Yeah, so we start with just these these two bad guys. More are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, then, oh, wait, I should just have got ahead and kept going because we got another one. It was only a matter of time. It was the shortest matter of time. The shortest. Not, not even a second <laughs> went by. Not even. We got to get, gotta get Roger in here. This one is a fun one. So Roger Brogy Sr. Uh, of Walt Disney Studio Machine Shop was brought on board of this project. So um, Roger Brogy, uh, he was an American mechanical engineer, like my bro, mm-hmm. who worked at Walt Disney Company. Um, and he's considered the first Disney Imagineer. Oh, Do really? You, That's yep. cool. Do you know why? Uh, no, I don't. Why? Because of trains. <laughs> <laughs> so like engineer, imagineer, what was like this guy? Trains. Trains. He Got gets it. to be number one. We Okay, we, we can all agree that Roger's the number one, right? Roger Brokey, in 1939, he joined Disney Studios as a precision mechanist. And Brogy's initial assignment was to install a multiplane camera on the new Burbank studio. Uh-huh. Okay, that's cool. Now here's the funny part. Okay. Ready? In 1949, Brogy worked at Walt Disney uh, to help create model trains for Disney's half-mile-long Carrollwood Pacific Railroad located in Disney's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> like his actual backyard? Yes. Oh, man, come on. So he was hired to build a train for Walt because Walt loved trains. Um, and then he was credited with supervising the building of the Lily Bell, um, a one-eighth scale miniature working Livestein locomotive named after his wife, Lillian. Um, and then he basically worked on every transportation vehicle, the trains, monorails, sure. submarine, car. Um, and things were different back then. Well, I love it. He also uh, was one of the people who helped develop our first audio animatronic Abraham Lincoln in 1963. Okay, cool. And I think if you remember us talking about that, it was that he went to his like mechanic people who had done cars. It was like, figure out how to build a human. Walt uh, is an interesting character when you put that all that all together in that kind of frame. He's like, I want trains in my backyard. I want an animated uh, Abraham Lincoln. Um, Right. Yeah. And I want a place to drink. Yeah. I want all the hiding (laughs) things. So Brogy comes on as well, mm-hmm. and he's kind of tasked with the research, the research and development of the scale model motor car. He knew that he can't have like full blown. Yeah, I can't have. I can't have actual cars. No, like that would take up so much space. So he had to like figure out how to scale these cars so that they would fit into the park. Roger's like, okay, I got this. I can figure it out. He reaches out to a company in West Germany, which feels weird to say West Germany. But yeah, I guess that's true. At the time, oh, accurate. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to fabricate small yellow and green two-stroke engine powered auto cars. Okay. And then um, he started researching and developing a bumper system for the cars, which is important. Which you're going to need. Yeah, they're going to need them. If You'll, kids are driving them. It's just in general. Like, yeah, I don't think true. you can I mean, if adults are driving them, too, but still. <laughs> um. So then the product was sent back from West Germany and Walt Disney was like, no, no. These were pale yellow and green Sudebaker-like vehicles. And Walt was like, oh, God, these are awful. I want to start from scratch. We're going to build a completely new chassis. Um, Nobody external. We're going to keep it in-house now. Okay. And so um, one of these new designers was Johnny Hartman. And though he wasn't new to cars... 
Um, he had been responsible for a several several successful track roadsters, including a Chevy Six. Thought that was interesting. Oh, I don't sorry. know anything about cars. I don't either. So that's what you're going to learn throughout this. There's certain facts that I was like, this is kind of cool. And certain things was like, I am not the person to be describing this because. We have a few patrons out there that are into cars. If uh, if you find that we make any egregious errors, shoot us a message. Let us yes. know. We'll, we'll issue a corrections on the next episode. Do that. I also did write somewhere. I was like, hey, if Patreon people want to hear more about the cars, we can get into it. I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> Please no. <laughs> Even though Johnny was like super busy, he says yes to Walt and he begins designing the chassis for these cars that would both be safe and big enough for children or a child and a parent or two adults. Got to have, uh, got to go all different directions. Which that's kind of difficult because a child kind of yeah. versus like a six foot man. I mean, yeah, big difference there. Um, but on top of this, um, very specific car slash knock hard it had to be able to handle a lot of beatings mm-hmm. like you said with the bumpers mm-hmm. it needed to be sturdy enough to take the bumps and bangs that an amusement park you know kid is going to put it through for 12 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year now i have a question yes why what were they trying to do with this ride change the world will yeah but how like i mean I, you know they you have your you have your spooky haunted mansion that's fun and thrills <laughs> and you got your storybook canals which are mud and that's gonna be fun too this is like we're gonna make little miniature cars people are gonna drive around what what, what, what? i just don't get the thinking behind okay it. you're kind of leading me into something perfectly wow it's almost like i did it on purpose well you're so smart um so this is what it was said because you have to think we driving on the highway miserable but back then, you know, in the 50s, this was so new. And Walt really saw this freeway system as, like, opening people's eyes. Mm-hmm. And it could be educational because um, this is what was said. In the amusement area, you will find the freeway of tomorrow where a child can get in a two-seater gas-driven automobile and take it out on the freeway of tomorrow. Here, he can go on an overpass, the underpass, cloverleaf, and the straightaway, and actually learn how to steer and accelerate the car. These cars will go up to 10 to 14 miles an hour. When they reach that speed, the governor cuts out, which keeps the cars from going any faster. This particular ride replaces the Dodge that you find in most amusement parks where kids bang into each other. In our ride, the child actually learns how to handle an automobile and ride one and ride a safe one. So this is actually an educational tool. So the idea here is, is it is what it seems like on face value, which is like we want mini cars and, and on a mini road and people are going to drive them around and it's going to be so cool. Which is so weird. I mean, I guess as a kid, I might have enjoyed that. I don't know. I mean, I think like if you can't drive yet, here's oh. a way that you get to drive. Like, I mean, kids like go-karts. So it's very fun. I get it. I kind of, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it is so weird to think because, you know, the education... Uh, the entertainment education model is so Disney that even a ride of just cars, he was like, kids need to learn what an overpass will be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, yep, there you go. That's what it was going to be built to be. Um, Well, we have to, we got to build the cars. We also got to like work on this theme park stuff, right? We got to figure this out. We're like putting this in our park. Here comes another Imagineer. This story is kind of funny. Okay. Uh, okay, so this guy is an accountant. 
Okay. Very important sure. to making... Accounts are important. It, it, well, actually, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> so this guy's name is Milt Albright. Mm-hmm. Milt uh, loved cars. The way that Walt loved trains, Milt loved cars. That was like his passion. And so he um, was hired. I'll go into his little information about him so you know what's up. So Milt was born in Kearney, Missouri uh, in 1916. And he was just a good old Missouri boy. And kind of one of the stories that people describe him as is that in 1937, he saw a Time magazine with his idol. Walt Disney on the cover. Mm -hmm. And he said to himself, he's like, I'm going to work with that man one day. I know it. Ten years later, he made it a reality. He was a junior accountant and he worked in the payroll department, but he was entrusted to deliver the paychecks to Walt and Roy. So he had a direct connection with them. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was able to like gain a little attention because, um, he had designed a miniature car using a 1954 Corvette as a model. And um, he, Walt, he like let Walt ride the car. Okay. He like built this mini car being like, okay, I got to get Walt's attention. He's got to think I'm really cool. I have to work on this project. It was not ready. It didn't, um, it was fiberglass. Walt just goes, wee, not realizing it didn't have brakes. Come on, Milt. What are you doing? Uh, you got to have brakes in your car. Even I know that. <laughs> we don't so, know much about cars over here, but we do know that they need brakes. Yeah, that is one of the few things that I do know. Um, so Walt, he was, he was not hired to build cars. Milt was not, but he was hired to be um, the manager of the Holiday Land. Do you remember what that is? I vaguely. So there was a part outside of disneyland that was like a weird just park area where like beer and stuff was sold so mm-hmm. that people could drink oh yeah, drinking yeah, in the park. yeah i remember that now but it was kind of tacky and gross and yeah. he got rid of it but so he ran that for a while and then he um listen milk's not impressing me i <laughs> i'm not saying he's not impressive i'm sure he is but uh, wait basically he, did, he told me but then he came up okay with he, he was transferred to group sales where he found some of the most innovative and successful like in-house marketing programs so Grad Night, which started in 1961. Um, and he did the Magic Kingdom Club, which boosted nearly 6 million members. So I think he knew what he was doing. Here. Okay, sounds like it. Sounds like it. Uh, but then he, you know. But went, maybe he shouldn't be designing cars is all. Maybe. Um, he, but he did get to be in charge uh, in the parks. He, you know, he, he also has his window now. He's a window boy. Oh, nice. I think most of these people are, um, if not all for sure. He wasn't very impressive there, but he was um, hired to be the manager of accounting for Disneyland. Okay. All so, right. Walt's well, like, stay in your lane, buddy. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Like you, yeah. but stay over here. Um, now, when it came to these real life automobiles, there was one man who was very impressive. I know who it is. Yeah, that's like the reason I wanted to do it. We get to Henry Gurr. Or as you mostly know him as, Bob Gurr. Bob Gurr, your favorite. I love Bob because Bob loves Bob and loves Disney. And he's just this adorable man, you know, who's always seems to have this little smile on his face and um, sharing his story about working with Walt. So He seems very happy, usually, and that seems fun. Yeah. Um, whether it's a persona or not, I don't care. He yeah, seems no, happy. for sure, yeah. Um, so Bob grew up only a few miles away from uh, the future site of Walt Disney Imagineering um, in Burbank. He had uh, previously received an automotive styling degree on a General Motors scholarship from 
uh, the Art Center College of Design in Los Angeles. And then he went to work for the Ford Motor Company in Detroit. He has He's partially responsible for designing the Lincoln Continental. Mm-hmm. Um, he had published... Oh, that's actually pretty cool. I didn't know that. It's his... I thought he was just like theme park guy, but... Yeah, yeah. his like, story before... And he was so young at the time he started working for Disney. So yeah. the amount he accomplished beforehand is pretty crazy. Makes sense. He had published four automotive design books. Um, and so then... In case you didn't know who he is, I'll give you his Disney side before we get into how he got into working with Walt. Um, He is responsible for designing all, most if not all, uh, ride vehicles for Disneyland. Our dune buggies, like anything, the boats, uh, flying saucers, the double-decker bus. He's the go-to ride guy. Yeah. The Matterhorn, the submarine. He did it all, including Abraham Lincoln. Um, so anything with the mechanics, he was there, you know. Um, I like that it says that Disney insiders often refer to these vehicles as Gurmobiles. <laughs> uh, Bob was referred to by Ubi Works, who is the creator of Mickey Mouse. Um, if you didn't know this, Walt didn't actually create the character of Mickey Mouse. He bought it um, and, and brought it into what we know it as. News um, to me crazy 70 episode then i honestly um so yeah he was the creator of mickey and oswald and i do know oswald yep there you go well i think do you know mickey no okay (laughs) um and um yeah he brought him over and said hey walt brogy come check out this guy initially bob Gurr was brought on just for part-time gotcha he was just gonna work nights and weekends um and so he, his first job was to kind of take and reevaluate the chassis that, you know, that they had previously been like, we don't like this. Yeah. He's like, all right, I got it. Good on Bob. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. He's really shining. Great job, Bob. Great job by Bob. Um, so he comes in. He's going to start working full time under his self-appointed title of director of vehicle design. You know, I think more people should give themselves titles. Right. Why not? Doesn't it feel fitting to like... Yeah. In character that he was like, yeah, I got a title. Yeah. And he's like a kid at this point. Sure. Um, and so uh, he is, uh, he's now in charge of developing the body for these vehicles. Bob began um, by imagining Walt Disney's Autopia car as a blend of a 1954 Porsche, 550 Spider, and um, 1953 to 1954 custom Italian Ferraris. Okay. In that case, that seems pretty cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, that sounds fancy. (laughs) He's making miniature fancy cars that are probably a lot cheaper than the real car. I mean, I would have to. Well, I mean, maybe. They're still pretty pricey, I bet. Yeah. But we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Before I continue, I need to explain my dyslexia. And I thought I read that they didn't have bumpers on some sites. And then on others, they said they did. So I got really, really confused because I was like, wait, earlier I talked about Brogy making bumpers. And so I was like, why is everyone saying they didn't have bumpers? I don't know. He made bumpers for the cars. But I guess when they were testing them, there weren't bumpers on the cars. Cool. This is so important. <laughs> Actually, it kind of is because it destroyed like half of them before they even sure. brought them yeah, out. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So with the leader, Bob, now in place, mm-hmm. the vehicles are coming together. And while most of the Disneyland ones were constructed in Burbank for the first fleet of cars... Um, some were by a couple of true life custom sports car fabricators. You just have some people who were, it was in uh, Newport beach. It was called Mame Co. And I just like this idea of like this little, you know, 
small automotive firm is like, hey, yeah, we'll help out with this weird job. Um, sure. And so now there, we have our prototype of Autopia vehicle. But the ride wasn't called Autopia. The vehicles were called Autopia. Does that make sense? It does. What was the ride called? Um, it was called the Freeway of Tomorrow. Oh, gotcha. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and so these little vehicles are going to have a top speed of 11 miles per hour with a little tank of three and a half gallons. You get 27 miles per gallon. So about 25 bucks to fill it up in today's dollars. Ugh. <laughs> How much have you spent on gas? What is your top price so far to fill uh, up your tank? Uh, I've done over 100, but Oof. I usually don't. I usually like cap at 50 and then just deal with it later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just go to Costco. Yeah. I'm like, that's that's yeah. my thing right now. I got over 100 one time just to kind of see if I could. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, it's going to be this every time now if I want to fill it all the way. You're like, so, who's paying for this? Not yeah, me. <laughs> exactly. Anyways. So cool. They made cars, but they're ready to be tested. I like, we're skipping over all of the technical part right there. They had some wheels on them. They had an engine. You press the pedal, it makes it go, and oh. they're going to test it. I saw this. Most of them had brakes. Most of them had brakes. I saw a funny meme that was like, um, it was like an F1 meme, and it had zoom as a sponsor and so all along the edges it was like zoom 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 zoom. that's funny I think I and saw it that. said it was like uh i didn't realize that f1 needed close captioning <laughs> <laughs> that's good i liked it um so they're testing their cars so they're ready to get tested now i think this is super super cool uh michael who was a 12 year old son of studio mechanist roger Brogy, brogy um there's videos of him testing out some of the first cars, sitting behind the wheel while Bob Gerr gives him instructions. Mm, that's cool. So I'll have to post this on, it's you awesome. know, on social media because there is no audio to it. Mm. It's so cool to see though. Nice. It's that's weird. Cool. It's like such a, it doesn't, it feels so personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you just see him on like the Disney back lot. I think that's what's interesting about some, I mean, granted, we still see some of that in, you know, with Michael Eisner and his son, Brock, right? But back then, it, you know, it, this feels almost closer to a family affair, right? You have your yeah. Mameco, right? You have small Mame-co. people that are helping out. You have people that are recommended from other people. You have somebody's son sitting behind the wheel. It feels like it's, uh, you know, the birth of something, which is cool. Yeah, I think it's like, it does, it feels small. Yeah. And it's so weird to think about that when we see how big Disney is now. Yeah. It's like whether whether this attraction becomes someone's favorite attraction or not is aside the point. Speaking of small and needing things, well, Disney, this costs a lot of money. So, of course, we got to go find a sponsor. Yeah. And so while all of this technical card jargon stuff is happening, on the other side, on the business side, they've been looking for a sponsor and they land one. Um, dun, 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 rush to the finish there. Um, and they landed Richfield Oil Corporation, a.k.a. later known as the R part of Arco. Oh, nice. I thought that was cool. That is See, cool. That's my scaffolding fact. No, I like that one. Um, okay, good. Um, so their ad, which their ad was like renowned as like a really pretty ad. It said, years ahead, Richfield attractions at Disneyland, a.k.a. readers. Check out years ahead, new Richfield ethyl gasoline. Okay, well, that's not as uh, 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 compelling, but sure. (laughs) It was, I don't know. I guess it was probably good at the time. Yeah, um, so we have our sponsors. Mm -hmm. We have our cars. Um, We have our bumpers that were added during the testing because we realized that was important. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yay. We've made it to opening day. 
We did it. We uh, did it. Kids are finally going to be able to drive. Kids and adults, all in all, are going to be able to drive. So it's July 17th, 1955. The cars are open on the freeways of the future. It is said. Back in 1955, however, Autopia was a taste of the future for many visitors to the park. Few states in America had ultra-modern expressway systems that could match the one at Disneyland in those days. Oh, wow. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, that's what we started with, right? I know, just isn't that so weird? It, yeah, it is weird. But also, like, if you think about it now, few states have uh, crazy roller coasters. But, yeah, so, but, like, we literally drive every day. Not I know, for, I know. Well, sometimes for fun. But it was so different that it was like, this is an attraction. Like, people are coming just to see what it would be like to drive on a miniature highway. For sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a huge hit, obviously. And it was so big of a hit that people were like, they were determined to get on that ride no matter what. So people were hopping fences. They would push each other down. They would pull people out of cars so that they could get in the car. That sounds unsafe. Yeah, no, it was a total madhouse. Um, And they, they thought it would be popular, but like... Not that popular. Mm-hmm. So out of the 40 cars, so it, all these cars are going to be called Autopia Mark 1, Autopia Mark 2. Through the generations sure. of the cars, they're all Autopia Mark number. So um, out of the 40 original Mark 1s, um, you're going to learn not many of them made it. Of um, course. But one one is still surviving. Oh, that's cool. And it is because, um, under the direction of Bob Gurr, Walt Disney personally made his own. Hmm. Perfect. Of course. Is it, and so is that one, like, could could you still, like, is it still at the parks? And no, no, no. It? It's not at the parks. Gotcha. Um, but so what he would do is he would stop by the attraction and, like, talk to the operators, hang out. And then he would want to drive his very special car. Um, and so it was this, like, metallic maroon um you know, I think it was a little fancier than sure. the other cars. Yeah, got to have some way to make sure that you stand out when oh, you're Walt Disney. When you're Walt, Walt Dis- Disney's parks. Yeah, people don't know who you are. So, um, and so when he wasn't driving it, it was usually like on a turntable display near the attraction's queue, or he would be taking it around the country to promote the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is the only surviving Mark One model. It is on display at Walt Disney's Family Museum in San Francisco. Oh, gotcha. There's a Family Museum in San Francisco. We went to the hometown museum. Hometown, okay. So this is the family one. Yeah, I, when I saw that, I was like, interesting. I feel like I recall there being some kind of like competitive nature there too. Love it. Love it. Um, between Disney museums. Okay. I wonder what it's like to be like an art museum and compete with each other for the art. I mean, we can reach out to Peter. Yeah, we should. We should see how he's doing. Yeah. Um. So yes, this. Okay. Well, this is saying that the fleet was thirty-six, but somewhere between forty and thirty-six. Um. All were taken down uh, except for six because of how much people were like using and abusing them. I mean, that's not to me, that's not shocking. This feels like an oversight on Disney's part. Not necessarily because I'm sure they expected it too. But like another one of those like it's too hot on opening day. So the cement's melting. It's uh, too many people are on Disney Plus all at once. And so it's crashing. And this feels like, a well, we put it out there and now, huh, weird. People are bumping into each other. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? And, well, I think this is funny. Like, and I should have mentioned this earlier. Like I said, I'm going to be a little clunky today, y'all. This is my brain. You're getting a piece of it. Um, if you've ridden the attraction anytime recently, there's obviously like a, a guardrail in the middle. There's a, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can't go crazy. This is just just free driving. Oh, so it really was like go-karts at the time where it's just. But down a highway. So you could, turn, a highway. You could like, oh, wow. turn around and drive the wrong way. 
um, people would like go off. Okay, that seems pretty crazy. And run into like the walls and stuff. I mean, it, it was nonsense. So basically the same look, but they went through Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3, and Mark 4 uh, by 1958. That in like three years? Yep. That's wild. Because they were just like, oh, gosh, we have to make this more sturdy. We got to add better Get engines. Get us more cars. Yeah, like they, could, they couldn't keep it together. Um, and the ride was so popular. Okay. So 1956. So we're on like Mark II. Okay. They decided that they were going to build new ride vehicles specifically um, utilized for the all new. We have a new, a new attraction. Did you know you were going to get three attractions in one? I did not. I did not. Well. Oh, this is a value podcast for you guys. Here you go. Okay. Well, we've also got. Okay. So this is uh, Richfield Junior Autopia. Okay. Which is going to open on the site that was formerly the Mickey Mouse Club Circus in Fantasyland, July 23rd, 1956. So just a little, you know, a couple days um, over a year of the opening of the park. And so this was going to be like. A one for guests that weren't quite big enough for the regular Autopia, even though it was for kids as well. Mm-hmm. This one was the junior one. I mean, it didn't have a height requirement. And so they also had added like blocks so that uh, it was easier for guests to reach the pedals for yeah. kids and stuff. Well, that's nice. Um, I mean, you, you, if your kid can't reach the pedals and you're going to be driving on a simulated highway, make sure they can. Yeah, still like... Seems like maybe also don't let kids that can't reach pedals drive, but whatever. Uh, well, this is how they learn. This is educational. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And again, no no like thing in the middle. No guard mm-hmm. rail at all. No rail. This is just... They're just going. Um, so that comes into play. And then April 23rd, 1957, a third Autopia opens. This, this is the one that I know of. This is the one you know of. So this is called Midget Autopia. Uh not enjoy, don't enjoy using that word um but that's what it's called um midget autopia was for riders who were too small for either autopia or junior autopia so think like a four-year-old yeah that needs to drive a car yeah i got yeah, at I four mean, <laughs> this kid's got places to be yes this was the only autopia where the cars have two steering wheels um but mom and dad can't sit next to you. It's just four kids. So it's just uh, two kids that need to drive. <laughs> two, these two kids got some places to be. Now, this one is like has other elements, though, that do make it safer. One, um, it, there is no stinky gasoline. This is all electric. Oh, that's good. But it's not electric. Like, they don't have batteries. It's only, it's on a rail. So just oh. like, you know, uh, like Mr. Toad. Okay, gotcha. It's basically like that. So you're not really driving. Do you control like the speed of it? I don't think so. I, mean, I, I think the right op- anymore, right? No, the right operator kind of controls gotcha. it all. Um, and then the attraction um, that stayed open until April third, nineteen sixty six. Then it had to leave because it had to make room for uh, it's a small world. Gotcha. So where it's a small world is is where that was. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, I can see. That. I can picture that. Yes. Um, would you like me? I would, let's come back to our experience in seeing the cars sure. and a little bit more about yeah. Marceline, because maybe it found a new home. Um, <laughs> I feel like you spoiled it in your your setup there, but that's fine. Oops! Pretend like you didn't hear it. Who Shh. knows where it might be? Who knows? Who knows what happened to it? Okay, the next one. Uh, now our slightly bigger Autopia, the Richfield Junior Autopia. Um, 
That track only lived for two years. It closed September 15th, 1958, when Matterhorn and the Summerine Lagoon construction began. But a year after the Junior closed, it was completely transformed into a second multi-level Super Autopia track. That's cool. The Fantasyland Autopia, um, which opened in 1959. And this was designed to be like equal in length and design to the Tomorrowland Autopia, but it had cars for junior and senior Autopia cars. Like it didn't have to just be for bigger kids slash adults. Okay. So we have a little more flexibility on this track. Um, this track was renamed um, in 1991. We're kind of jumping to a different time period, but I feel like let's get all of the Junior Autopia stuff out of the way. Sure. Um, it was uh, it was changed to the Rescue Rangers Raceway. Is that still still around? No, it it was only the theme was there until the beginning of 1992. Oh. Okay. And the promotion ended, so gotcha. it feels like they were promoting Rescue Rangers redesigned an entire ride around the release of the show and then we're like okay never mind did that so but did the autopia continue on and they just yeah. took the theme off so then yeah it just continued being gotcha. okay. the fantasy land gotcha. Autopia. Sure, sure, sure. um so back to the past we have three separate rides within one ride like which it's so weird you think about disneyland it's not that big so right in oh, that yeah, corner. Oh, yeah, Disney, definitely not, yeah. Yeah, think about it. The Autopia is mm-hmm. where it still is in that corner in Tomorrowland. Where Small World is, right around the corner. Uh-huh. You had one more Autopia. Yeah. And then right next, where, where Matterhorn is, is the third Autopia. They're just like right all next to each other. They're, are they still there? No. Okay. I was... You're going to learn it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <sighs> You're like, I was really having a moment here, Kelly. <laughs> it's been I was a while. Like, I've been, I haven't been to the parks in a bit, but I have been there. <laughs> Are there really three Autopias that I don't remember? It is also very warm in this room. It's very warm, but also like I was really like, man. <laughs> I'm glad to know. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're you're good. Um, I told you how many cars were released. We had the one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a five somewhere in there that I don't know where it went. Sure. But it was there. There was a five. Um, and now it's 1964, and we have a brand new Mark VI. Okay. Um, and this is when the biggest change uh, happened so far. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're, you know, nine years away from the opening. Um, and there is finally a new guide rail. I kept calling it a guardrail. Guardrails go on the outside. That's an outside thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guide rail, I guess, to keep it uh, guided. Ugh, man. W- now, does this mean like there's two cars uh, and the guide rail like is in between the two of them and so that they're not bumping into each other? I think it's just how it is right now. I don't think it's changed. Really. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's two cars that ride next right. to each other and each one has a thing between it. Gotcha. Which does mean in my head that they would just like let all these cars go at the same time. And it was just like, we see what happens. Yes. Yeah, I, I can still bump into somebody from the front or the back. So yes, yeah, so you still can bump <laughs> yeah. into people in the front or the back, not from the sides now or mm-hmm, turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge change because it finally was going to prevent them from destroying the cars so mm-hmm. quickly because nine years in and we're on the sixth model right. of the car. Um, and this costs a lot of money. This, you know, they're continuing the cars changing until late 1967, perhaps the most memorable and most costly. Um, Autopia models were nearing completion. And this was this was like the what a lot of people think of when they think of the Autopia cars. And it's a Corvette Stingray inspired Autopia Mark 
Seven. <laughs> I was like, you can figure this out. <laughs> I know, I took Latin for seven years. Um, Autopia Mark Seven. This cost nearly $5,000 each car, which is $36,000 now. Which is the price of a uh, car. car. It's over the price of some cars. Oh, my God. Yeah, and you can't even go as fast as you can with a real car. No, you can't really do much at all. That's wild. I was like, that's insane. But it's, you know, it's a it's a, a amusement park at, like, ride. So, like, I guess it kind of makes sense. This is true. Um, these models were around... The longest, which is probably because when we have guard or guide rails, we have guide, guide rails, rails. Yeah. Um, and they're making them safer and better. So these cars continue to run on Tomorrowland Autopia until 1999. Gotcha. That's a long time. Yeah. 60, no, yeah, 67 that, to 99. Yeah, most cars don't run that long. So that's a good, a good engineering. <laughs> there you go. Worth $36,000. Worth $36,000. <laughs> um, September 7th, 1999, both Tomorrowland and Fantasyland Autopias were closed. Were people upset? Do you remember? Um, I'm guessing there wasn't a ton in the research about this, but there I'm just wasn't. Curious. My assumption is yes, because it has remained popular. Okay. You read a lot of things right now where people are like, I think they're going to get rid of it. I'm going to get there because I have some thoughts. Okay, good. So when we get through this history, we're, All we're, right. we're All near right. into the end here. We're almost there, yeah. Um, this is more modern day anyway, so we're in mm-hmm. it. I'm um, not a lot of change until 1999. In 2000, Disneyland replaced both existing Autopia tracks with one new combined bigger track. Okay. Sponsored by Chevron. There you go. So somewhere in there, I think before 1967, I think it was 1966, um, the Richfield Oil Company stopped sponsoring. So that's why they kind of like it switched to mm-hmm. Corvette and stuff. The the Chevrolet Corvette Stingray style cars were replaced with three different kinds of cars. Dusty, an off-road style car. Sparky, a sports car. And Susie, a Volkswagen Beetle style car, a.k.a. the Mark 8. That's neat. I like I like having options if I'm going on it. So yeah. Do you do you like get in a line for the one you want, or is it just kind of like? I'm sure you could wait. Like yeah. how you can wait for front row. Sure. I don't know if you remember this, so I actually collected Chevron cars as a kid. I, did, I I wasn't there, so I don't remember it. You did well in general. So this was not part of the ride. Uh, well, at the attraction when you waited in line, they had some animated stories, so you got mm. to know the characters. Cool. And at the end, you could buy. Like, cart, you know, buy yeah. the characters. Sure. But you could also, as a kid, if you had Chevron gas stations, they, like, had little toy cars you could buy. And so I, my, like, my great-grandmother, hmm. like, collected them for me and would bring them over. And so I had a bunch of Chevron cars. That's cool. With I, my I had no idea. That's neat. If you have it any pictures as, of that, we should I, put them on the Patreon. Oh, yeah. I should try and see if I can find them. One was named Tony, which is why I have, because my, gran- my great-grandmother's name was Tony. Oh, nice. So, you don't know about this? I didn't, not at all. Had like a little show and everything? No. Chevron really went like hard and made all this stuff. Um, so, each design was tied to a Chevron line of animated Chevron cars, like mm-hmm. I just told you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the four seasons of Autopia cars were sold as toys during the 2000 summer season of Chevron stations nationwide. Cool, right? I, I mean, I think it's neat. I do too. Chevron's sponsorship ended in the summer of 2012, though the Chevron cars still appeared in the attractions pre-show until Honda took over the sponsorship, um, which then they took up their, they were like, we don't want you, Chevron. Naturally. Uh, Honda, we take over everything. And so in January 11th, 2016, the attraction closed for 
new building, walkway. Now they painted it all blue, white, and silver. And a bunch of the vehicles were that because I guess apparently those are like iconic Honda colored cars. What? Blue, blue, white, and silver are? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I, okay. I, did, I, I mean. I did not know this until reading about. My sister this. had a white Honda when she was growing up. Uh, so sure. I mean, it's iconic to me. My parents also had a white Honda growing up. so Maybe yeah. these were more iconic than we realized. <laughs> I guess so. Um, you had a Honda. Um, I did, yeah, but it was not white. It was like a champagne color. It was champagne color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang. For a second, I thought it was blue. It was not blue. Mm. Nope. Not one of the iconic Hondas. Just a, just an average just champagne. A, just a regular old Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, when... They came in in early 2017. All the remaining Chevron stuff is gone. And now the Hondas have changed the vehicles again to give them the versions um, that, you know, that are more Honda bodied cars too. Yeah. And this is known as the Mark 9. Are we going to get to 10? Nope. We are stuck here. This is where we end. So uh, March 27th. That's not even the date. I I just made a number up. Um, March 24th, 2017, Honda. Oh, this is so weird. Oh my God. Okay. So I went on the ride this weekend to like, you know, remember and enjoy to get ready for this. Mm -hmm. I'm also really fun to ride with because I'll be like, no hands. And thank God for that guardrail. (laughs) I would have been one of You're the the reason. Yeah. I'm the problem. Uh Um, I mean, I've known it for a long time, but (laughs) good to get confirmation. Um, so the you have the new cars and all the stuff and all the honda things honda decided to kind of make like a story to the ride i mean honestly i love it Um, it needs a story i don't really know (laughs) i knew that they did so when i was on it i was like this is so weird so they uh revealed osimo to the attraction uh which is like a robot character who just leads the honda cars around but it's accompanied by a bird and like it's just a bunch of random scenes of like clearly plastic cars are just like fake robot. And then a, a like a robot bird that keeps getting stuck. Like it's stuck in the propeller of a plane, which implies that it's not a, not doing well. Yeah, bird. no. <laughs> um, what a weird um, thing to add into a driving thing too, right? If it's like, oh, wow, life can die. And you're like, yeah, that, maybe I shouldn't drive my car so much. It's bad for the environment. Yeah, it was so weird. There was, I think I forgot to mention it earlier, or it's not in here, and Will's probably like, thank God. There was like a part in the Chevron, I think, where they were like, we're going to show that cars can go off-road. So there's like, a, they added this like weird part where it looks like dirt. Yeah. And that's still there, but then Honda kind of tries to like, make you not notice any of the stuff that was added and it's like look at this little scene of a bird who got stuck in a tree even though he's attached to a parachute which now that i'm thinking about it why would a bird use a parachute uh, you know there's a lot of questions <laughs> uh honda the honda carlin innovation oh. um that was the honda theme song for the honda near my house um so that's where we're at. We that did it. We, today. Beep, beep. We did it. We did it. That's Hong the Kong. cars. Hong Kong. Uh, but, what, you know, what happened to Midgetopia? Oh, this is the... Let's let's bring it back to some of our adventures. So, mm-hmm. um, there is... Uh, no Disney ride has ever been 
anywhere but the Disney theme parks except for one. And Walt Disney donated the ride to his boyhood town, Marceline, Missouri, where it was installed in a park named in his honor. So the Walt Disney Park had um, the Midget Autopia ride in it. The former Disneyland attraction operated as a ride for children of Marceline, which as we've been down, it's like, how many kids? It's, That's true. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's not a very big town, so it, it must have been like a, a, a ride for not that many kids. Um, but I mean, I know when we were there, they were even talking about wanting to turn that into like a, a, an attraction and help it you know, kind of help the town out. Yeah, I, I read... Unfortunately, didn't quite get there. Yeah, I, I did read somewhere that they tried to do a Kickstarter to get it back up, mm. but it didn't get enough money. Yeah. Um. So right now, unfortunately, the cars, as you could tell based on what we said, um, it was too difficult to maintain them, too expensive. It's also freezing up there, Marceline, Missouri, you know, Yeah, so, I mean, we drove through the winter, but yeah. But the weather would be hard yeah. on those cars. Yeah. Oh, that's true, yeah. You know, um, and Marceline doesn't have the money Disneyland has. So if no one's putting the money in it, I'm sure it's got to be hard to maintain. So 1977, the rides had its final season. But you can still see the cars. Um, the original car is on display in Walt Disney Hometown Museum. Which is a place we like. Oh, I love that place. Um, so you'd also said like, you know, I mean, clearly we've seen these rides come and go. I didn't know they were still in existence, but they are in a lot of different places, apparently. Isn't this so funny? It's very funny to me. Um, <laughs> what, uh, are they going to get rid of it? Okay. Love this part. One, when you read about it in like modern day right now, in the modern day of 2020, mm -hmm. two, I forgot about the two, um, you hear a lot of people say they're going to get rid of it. Yeah. Oh, they're going to replace it. They're going to put some Marvel attraction in. No, they're not. There's a couple different reasons why it probably is going nowhere. One, it's not going to be battery powered because apparently, like, the gas is just cheaper, and that they can run it's they I run mean, it easier. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um. The second part is that technically the ride is not on the ground, so the ride is actually like. If you know how where the submarines are, which used to be twenty thousand links under the sea, yes. now it's Finding Nemo, mm -hmm. which will reopen soon. Um, the ride is technically like the roof of the submarine ride, so you see the outside part, which is the little part you see with the water, and then it goes in, and you have a whole attraction. It's all under Autopia. Oh, uh, okay. So, you, so to replace that, they'd have to do a lot of replacing of other things too. Yeah, it's, it would be too much. That makes sense. I mean. It's not, it feels like it's not worth it to have to completely overhaul unless they had like just a, a bang up idea they really had to do. So, yeah, they did. Um, let me pull up. The... Seems like they could almost just stop doing it before they would actually replace it, which I'm not saying they would stop doing it, but I just mean that seems, you know, it's already being used for something. So, yeah, I think, I just think they're like, eh, it's fine, leave it as is. Um, I do know that the, the Tomorrowland Speedway, we didn't really get into the Tokyo, Paris, you know, Magic Kingdom, Hong Kong. They're all the same but different. You know, you have different race styles, different cars, but all a nice car ride, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and Tomorrowland Speedway, I do know, like, had some adjustments to the track because of the Tron ride that's opening. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that they're trying to, like, keep the rides while doing some stuff. The Tokyo one closed uh, in 2017. Hong Kong closed in 2016. But I think they'll keep the OG Disneyland 
and definitely keep the uh, Magic Kingdom for a while. But I think Disneyland is here to stay. Well, I think you're probably right. However, I know one person that wishes you were wrong. Uh-oh. Okay, what? Are we ready for Disney on? Yep. I'm so, I'm so ready. I think out of any attraction, I cannot wait to hear what people say. Okay, so Disney on Yelp, this one I decided to uh, pick. I usually try to go for three stars. Uh, this one I just enjoyed the way this person wrote enough. They're a one star just to prime the pump to let you know kind of uh, what we're getting here. Arthur B. out of Los Angeles, California. Uh, zero friends on Yelp. Ooh. Only seven reviews. So he, he felt passionate. Felt passionate enough about this right he has no profile picture oh my god to come on and make one of the seven things which i'm curious now to check out his other ones i wonder if they're all uh attractions but we'll see arthur b writes the worst ride at disneyland autopia was a fun place when i was a kid however it's anything but fun now honda has turned what was once one of the (laughs) best rides at disneyland into the absolute worst place in the world The cars are subpar, old beat-up Honda motors and cars that don't accelerate when needed. The steering wheels are on the opposite side, as if we were driving in Britain. The (laughs) obstacle course would be much better if they had better working cars. And let's talk about the awful exhaust smell that's guaranteed to give you a headache. Really, Honda? You couldn't have tried to make this a better experience for both adults and kids? This ride was a total waste of time that destroyed any and all of the good expectations I had of this stop at Disneyland. Shame on Disneyland with this awful renovation. Oh my God. One star. Wow. I just like uh, the absolute worst place <laughs> in, in the, the world. world. The it's whole like... entire world. Um, I have bad news for this guy. My guy, um, the, they didn't, they didn't accelerate before either. <laughs> I bet they didn't. Um, <laughs> it just maybe as a kid, he thought they were, uh, they thought they moved faster. Yeah. And, yeah, I think he's just misremembering the ride. The exhaust, you know, some people like the smell of gas, some don't. Um, when I was in line most recently, I got behind a family of 12. <laughs> okay. It was two That's... adults and 10 children. Wow. The amount of times I had, I had uh, a juice, like it was like, I don't, I'm assuming it was juice because it was kind of sticky. Some kid opens the thing and just throws all the liquid on his brother. But next to his brother is me. And I was like, oh, no. oh my God. And then like the other kid kept stepping on my shoes. I was like, oh my God. And I felt the parents, I mean, they have 10 kids with them. What are you going to do? Like, Yeah, at that ugh. point, you just, if you're just trying to manage as much as you can. Um, I will let you know that Arthur uh, mostly has reviewed professionals. So like what? he's got a review for a... Uh, uh, doctors and the- mortgage brokers Ooh. and Autopia. And Autopia. So, which he, is honestly kind of great. He sounds like a fun guy. He does. He does. I'm excited. I think uh, honestly every single one is a one star. So I, I, I'm going to spend some time reading through all of his reviews. I'll let you know if anything else is out there. Oh, uh, yeah. He sounds like very exciting. With the kind of person who only does negative reviews. Special kind of person. Absolutely. Um. Dang, well. So let's get to our normal questions. Okay, just so you know, there is a Hidden Mickey's. Oh, okay. Yeah, what, where are they? I think one's on a sign, um, but the ones that you'll notice are all on the license plates. There's gotcha. a little Mickey. Okay. So cute nice. little Mickey is there for you. So is this a ride you go on every time? No. If you do go on it, where does it fit within your day? <laughs> uh, to be honest, kind of random. Yeah. 
I usually do write it at night because it gets very hot. The ride and, itself does? Well, you're, you know, you're out in the sun. There's no shade at this attraction. Gotcha. So if it is hot. Oh, so during go, the day it'd be tough. You go and you sit in the plastic car and, you know, it, it's hot. Like, and it's, you're very sticky and you, afterwards you feel kind of dirty, even mm. though it's, you know, the same as anything else, but there's no shade. So you feel it more. Yeah. Um, so I like to ride it at night. Um, you know, the line ranges between walk on sometimes at night to 45 minutes. Definitely one I like to hit when it's not as crowded. So, I mean, we'll just jump to that question. If you're on your way out of the park, it's been a long day, 10 minute wait on Autopia. Are you like, oh, we can't go back to the cars to drive. We need to drive these (laughs) cars first. Uh, Yeah, you know. Uh, sure. Ah, you monster. I, <laughs> whoever's you with me monster. is so mad. I'm so mad for them. I also want to like clarify something that Arthur B. said. Uh-huh. Arthur B. said that the steering wheel is on the wrong side. No. It's that it's just for whatever driver. Wait. Yeah. It's just like it's on a side. But then the whole thing is the the gas pedal is in the middle of both seats so that you know a kid can drive if they can't reach. And the, you know, larger human can push the gas. You hear that, Arthur B? Arthur B, we're coming for we're you. coming for you. We should just, like, in the comments of his Yelp, just, like, put this in we there. We should. Just drop a link in there. And be like, hey, buddy. I wanted to help you Thanks out here. Thanks for your contributions. <laughs> um, all right. So, in that case, what would you change, if anything? Um, I mean, I'd ideally like it to be electric. Yeah. That would be better for the environment. Um, and... Yeah, I think it. I think you could do something fun. I don't know what the theming would be, um, but I think you could update it for sure. Like Honda, maybe Honda needs to give it a little more love. Besides having the bird stuck places. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what I would want it to be. Um, having not been on it, I think making electric is definitely better for the environment. I kind of want a different theme aside from just driving, you know, or driving with a bird that's leading you around, like, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, like, I don't know, maybe make it uh, like neon lights and you're driving through the future or I don't know, maybe it could be like a, maybe it is like a green energy thing. I saw something about like these highways that were supposed to like uh, capture solar stuff and give people power and like it, it Ooh, can't do that. Cool. But if we're going to like, if we're going to keep that concept, which is what it was intended to be, which is like. The highway to the future. You know, what does the future now look like for highways? And can we can we put that in there a little bit? Or just keep doing the exact same thing and I will never go on it and freak out when I think there's three of them in the parks and I haven't been on any of them. <laughs> well, okay. I've, yeah. To, to end on some, like, changing thoughts for it. One, they're redoing Tomorrowland in the next couple of years. So I'm sure there will be some kind of retheme. Please don't make it Star Wars. Please don't make it Marvel. Sure. Like, that's my only ask yeah. is... You can theme it. It can be specifically just a new theme for Autopia. It doesn't have to be IP. Just, uh, we have enough Marvel in, in Star Wars. I agree. Um, I think it could use an update. I think it's a great ride. I do agree it could use some theming. Yeah. Just something to make it, I mean, because even even back then it was like, it's driving? Neat. I mean, there was, I, clearly people were into it and it was a little bit something future but now, like, I want something a little bit more of it. I, and you're right, I don't want it to be Marvel or, or yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think a great way to theme it is Fast it's still educational. Five. Fast Five. <laughs> yeah. Great for kids. Yeah. 
Um, well, we just watched, you know, Black Cauldron and... Man, I loved that movie. What an adventure. It was great. Oh, my God. I'm, like, still picturing some of the scenes. And I'm like, wait, did that really happen in yeah. this weird Disney movie? Um, but thank you for going on that journey with me. Um, very technical. A lot, of, a lot of technical things there, but a lot of fun because we talked about transportation. <laughs> and when I think transportation, I think fun. Uh, no, I think it was an important one. And I think it goes harkens back to like the original idea around Disney, which was like the innovation, right? It wasn't just uh, it wasn't just storybook canals. It was what does the future look like and how can we give people a taste of that? And clearly people were excited about that. And so, you know, yeah, a lot of technical stuff in it, but they had to figure out they had to solve that problem. Even and Arthur B was excited. Even at one Arthur point. B was at one point excited about it. <laughs> Um, Arthur B., if you're out there and you have more to say on this, let us know. I will bring you on this podcast for oh sure. Might be a Zoom interview, but still. <laughs> I would love that so much. Um, so if you or Arthur B. Um, would like to contact us, you can obviously find us all of our stuff at sliceofdisney.com. Um, you can find our socials, Instagram and Facebook at Slice of Disney. Twitter at Slice underscore of underscore Disney. Um. Make sure to check out our Patreon. Doing fun stuff. We're like watching the Black Cauldron. We, yeah, we're having a good time. Um, we're going to put together, I think, a D&D game for October. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. I think but, it will be fun. I was like, I just, I'm like putting a lot of pressure on him. That's a lot of work, but, you know, a lot of fun, too. So I am down with it conceptually. I'm glad that you threw the word October in there. Yep, yep. I'm giving you some time. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, join us there. Uh Anything else you can think of that we should share? I'm trying to think if there's anything. Uh, no, Gurgi from The Black Cauldron is pretty cute. <laughs> Stick into it. That is exactly what we should end Autopia on. Is something about a random movie. That you... <laughs> I think so too. Uh, yeah. Well, they... Oh, I do have a very cool. Uh, this is not Autopia related at all, but I have a cool painting that has a car in it that Kelly got for me for my birthday one time, and it's from Disney. So, shout and it's out. futuristic because it has robots attacking a city. Shout out to that painting. Shout out to the painting. Um, it's hot in this room. It's so warm. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for going on this adventure with us. Um, driving down this road we call life. You like that? I was great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. Um, we'll have a great week, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Beep, beep. Beep, beep.